In just a few moments, we're going to get into Daniel chapter 1. You can take your scriptures and turn over there now. Daniel 1, we're going to hone in on verses 1 and 2. Uh, but I do want to take time uh, and say a very special thanks to everyone who helped out with Night to Shine. Marie had shared how amazing that night was with all of the, the volunteers and everything that is going on. So if you helped out with Night to Shine, would you please stand up so we can give you a huge hand. Everybody stand up for your ball. Let's give them all a huge hand. And I'm like, uh, Marie, uh, when I saw that on the front page, that, that does not happen in the Herald Times very often. So that's a, that's a big deal. We're so excited about that. One of the things that I am honored here is I have an amazing, I get a chance to work with an amazing staff. Uh, Becky Thompson and Nate May, as you know, take care of our babies all the way through our elementary age, and they do a phenomenal job. But just got word this week that Nate May... Uh, through Monroe County, was elected one of the Teachers of the Year. That's a big deal, all right? Uh, second grade at Lakeview, so when you see Nate, give him a big hug, and uh, I'm sure he'd appreciate uh, cash. So I would do that, and, and he, would, he would love that. And uh, when Larry was talking about Valentine's, I was thinking about a time I, I sent Maria Valentine, I said, be mine. And she sent me a card back, and it said, no. So anyway, I don't know. That might be what some of you are dealing with. I'm not sure. So let's pray. We're going to need to. Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you. Uh, we are just passionate to serve you. We thank you for the worship this morning. This, just a, a constant reminder to be in your presence because you're reaching out to us all the time. And Lord, uh, if there's some folks here that are struggling right now, trying to make a really big life decision I just pray that today's message uh, can somehow encourage them. And Lord, we praise you for your son. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. So I'm really excited about this sermon series. It's going to cover the entire months of February, March, and it's going to spill into April. And we're going to be going through the book of Daniel, the first six chapters. Uh, it's simply called uh, Resilient. And I love that title, Resilient. Uh, another reason I'm excited about it is... Uh, Tom Ellsworth, as, as uh, many of you know, has uh, announced he's retiring at the end of April. And so months ago, um, he was putting together this series. He said, this is a series I really want uh, us to really hone in on because I think it's so relevant for our culture today. And, and Tom is spot on. So if you've got your scriptures, follow with me. Uh, verses 1 and 2, chapter 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim... King of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand. Along with the articles from the temple of God, there he, Nebuchadnezzar, carried off to the temple of his gods in Babylonia. And he put him in the treasure house of his gods. Now, Daniel's written 650, excuse me, 605 B.C., 26 hundred years ago. And it would be easy to say, well, how could that possibly be relevant in our lives today? And I think you're going to see just how relevant this really is for all of us and what we're going through in our lives today. But in order to get the most out of the book, we need to do a little historical background. You need to know going into the book of Daniel what's going on so that you can see the big picture as you get into Daniel. But you also need to know this, the man Daniel. 
Because when you get to know about the man in this culture that is totally moving against the will of God, it really is inspiring. Isaiah 5.20 lays down the groundwork 100 years before Daniel was written. And there's these series of woes. Isaiah the prophet is saying, and he's warning Israel, if you do not get your act together, you're going to crumble. There's going to be a great disaster. Listen to what he says, Isaiah 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet, sweet for bitter. Now think about that. That's 100 years before the nation of Israel split. Matter of fact, you're going to... We're going to hear just a moment how Jerusalem was captured by this, well, this wicked king. But how did they ever get to this point? And the word is compromise. I want you to think about the world we live in today. Think what Isaiah just described. They took that which was good and it became evil. That they took that which was light and it became dark. They took that which was sweet and it became bitter compromise. It destroyed their nation, and honestly, it'll destroy our nation if we don't get our act together and get right with God. So the Babylonians, the enemies, here's what they did. They came in. They lay siege of the city of Jerusalem, and as you would read through chapter one, here's what you're going to pick up. There wasn't even a fight. I mean, literally, they marched in. They just uh, reigned over Jerusalem. They took the Israelites, and the first thing is they, they took captive the, the, the royal family. And then the next thing they did is they took thousands of prisoners. And what they did is about 25% of the entire nation they took back to Babylon, over 600 miles away. And listen to this. Here's how they chose the 25%. They looked for those that were pleasing in appearance, academically uh, strong, and and those who had athletic ability, call that the AAA. They looked for appearance, academics, and athletic ability. Now, aren't you glad that in our world we're not that shallow, that we don't put value on that? How many of you saw the halftime of the Super Bowl? <laughs> Enough said. Okay, so you know this is the world we live in. We live in a world, think about it. Uh, now, here's Nate, uh, teacher of the year. Uh, and you think of all the hours and hours he spends and how many hours and hours Becky spends here with our kids. Now, uh, think about what they get paid and then what entertainers get paid. I mean, it's, it's just sad. That's the culture that we all live in. And the king of Judah, as I mentioned before, they were captured. They were taken away to be humiliated. But there when they got to Babylon, 600 miles away, this great city was surrounded by 56 miles of this amazing wall there was extravagant temples, there were numerous gods, and there was the famous Hanging Gardens, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. And even more than that, and you saw that in the introduction, is there was this huge statue. And uh, actually, uh, it was in Babylon was named after that statue, and it was named after the Tower of Babel. And this wasn't like when I was a kid, I was always trying to imagine how big this was because of the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I thought, man, that thing must have been 40 or 50 feet high. How many have ever been to St. Louis, the wonderful city of St. Louis, God's country? Okay. And if you've ever been to St. Louis and you're a tourist, what's the first thing you're going to see? The St. Louis Cardinals, absolutely. So you're going <laughs> to 
go to a cardinal game, and then you're going to stand down here, you're going to look at the arch, and the arch is 630 feet to the top. Now, this tower, this statue was 650 feet tall. So imagine what that was like as they took these captives and they took them to this, what they thought was an amazing city, but a city so far from God. So this is a nation that's being held captive. What about the man, Daniel? Now, this is one of the most heartbreaking things. When Daniel was taken to Babylon, he was 15 years old. Imagine being ripped away from your family and your nation at 15. And here's what the book of Daniel is. It is a summary of his life from age 15 to the age of 85. 70-year stretch. That's the book of Daniel. You don't read one negative thing about Daniel. You know what that is? That's character. No matter what the situation is, that demonstrates character. Now, what is character? I've heard some people say, well, character is what you do when no one is looking. That's good. But you know what? Character is also what you do when people are looking. And it's hard because people are always watching. Isn't that true? Always watching. Um, if you don't think that's true, have you ever been to a kid's little league game or a basketball game in Indiana? <laughs> Please. I mean, uh, this was years ago, but um, we used to have a church softball team, and um, I, I dinged up my knee, so I'm on the other side. I'm in the dugout, and I kind of walked around the fence, and there was a bang-bang play at home, and um, it got just a little quiet, and I was clinging to the fence, and I screamed at the ump, take a reality pill. What is your problem? And uh, I looked back, and Murray gave me the look like, you're stupid. I mean, I mean, I remember that look. Now, what did I do? I just like, my character's what? I just ruined it. You know, I'm sure that umpire was thinking, I can't wait to go to that guy's church. No. <laughs> Haven't we all been there? Think about going through life and how hard it is to be driven by character everywhere we go. And then I want you to listen to this. You might want to jot this down. This is pretty amazing. This shows you the impact of this guy's life year after year, day after day, character-driven, doing whatever it takes just to give his life to God over and over again. He was promoted in an enemy country, this little Hebrew teenager, five times. He outlived three emperors. Of the three emperors that he uh, served with, two of those came to the Lord. Think about that. Two enemy emperors. And when he was around 85, he was called out of retirement because of his exceptional character, he was second in command over the entire nation. How did that happen? God will open doors that only God can open. That's how that happens. So in these six chapters, uh, what, what's going to happen is the weeks to come, we're going to look at this Old Testament book of Daniel, and we're going to hone in on that word resilient, which describes Daniel's faith and his commitment. That word resilient means the act of defining something definite it means distinct and clear. Resilience is that process of adapting well in the face of adversity. That's why we're going to look at what Daniel did, that he was resilient when he was relocated. If you've ever been to Disney and you see the vision of Walt Disney and you think, man, that had to be such a, a creative guy, creative genius he really was. But do you know who really made Disney run? Somebody had to write the checks. Somebody had to administrate all that. 
and that was his brother, Roy. So I want you to listen to what Roy said. He said, it's not hard to make decisions when you know what your values are. When you know what your values are, uh, a lot of these really tough decisions are really not that tough. Well, Sherwood Oaks has uh, really strong, I think, values. And we, as we strive in our bedrock faith in God, we need to have values. So let me just share briefly our core values, okay? Our first core value is that we live like God owns everything. I mean, every day, think if we lived as if God owned everything. The second value is we mentor across generations. Everyone matters. Every age matters. Uh, Sean Green shared with me, and I'm going to do some more research on this, but there was a church recently in Minnesota, and uh, they announced that they were going to close their doors, and then when they reopened, they did not want any senior citizens to come back. They just wanted to reach one specific age group. Now, I don't know about you, but that just makes me want to puke. You've got to be kidding me. You know what the church is? It's everybody. And it's every generation. Everybody matters. You know why? We learn from one another. We grow in our faith with one another. How many here have learned this week from somebody younger than you? Raise your hand. How many of you have learned somebody that's older than you? Raise your hand. We learn from people all around us. And we grow closer to God. We mentor across generations. Number three, we think like everyday missionaries. Find ways to serve. All of us have a mission field right in front of us. We tell life-changing stories. Um, one of the things that I'm so excited about in these weeks to come, you're going to see some yes-to-love stories that deal with this whole idea of what it means to be resilient. Stories that I think will inspire you. And then we create fun and refreshing experiences. Like last week, uh, I had people saying, um, hey, it was a Super Bowl. Why did you have a bunch of Star Wars characters? And I said, because it was fun. I mean, that, that's really all it is, is you, you want to create an environment that is fun. That's what I love about Daniel's resilience, is that through the testing of being relocated and through all of the changes in his life, his bedrock faith kept him going, and it keeps us going through the changes. Everybody here knows this. This is the absolute truth. It doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter where you live. Life is going to change. I guarantee some of you in the last 12 months have experienced a significant change in your life. And when we go through these changes, we need to understand that we're not alone, that God truly is with us. This week uh, was uh, kind of a somber week. We had a gentleman at Sherwood Oaks. When Marie and I came to Sherwood Oaks and served in the youth ministry here back in 1985, uh, there was a guy named uh, a family, Ron and Carolyn Livesay, and we had one of their kids in our youth group. And Ron was always doing whatever it took as a parent to help. And he did the one thing that he knew I needed help with, driving the church bus, okay? So he drove that bus, I can't even, uh, thousands of miles. I can't tell you how many trips we went on. And the family asked me, will you go through a bunch of your old pictures and see if you can find a picture of that old bus and a picture of Ron in the bus. So I went through, I don't know how many pictures over the years. And uh, I knew it would be hard because honestly, uh, it was this big old brown school bus 
And uh, I really think Satan had the best of it. I hated that unair conditioned bus, but he never, Ron never complained. But I found the perfect picture. We also had a minibus that I think somebody had donated or we bought for next to nothing. And it was a missions trip, and it was at the airport, and the back door was open, and there was Ron Lipsey looking out, and he was taking all the luggage. And when I gave it to the family, I said, this is the perfect picture, because this is Ron. He wouldn't have wanted me to take his picture. He would have just rolled his sleeves up, loaded up that bus, drove us back, and he would do whatever it took to serve, resilient in his faith. He was the bus, he was the leader of the bus ministry at Sherwood Oaks for over 30 years. Every Sunday morning, when you'd want to sleep in, he gets on that bus and he gets people to church. They can't get to church. That's resilient. That's the hero that all of us want to be. And as I was going through all of the pictures, you all do this too. Uh, this is 1985 through 1990. I'm really looking through all these pictures. And as I'm looking, I have two emotions. The first emotion is purely flesh. I'm looking at like, man, I remember when I got into a 32 pants. I remember that. <laughs> man, look at my hair. I was having some good hair days then. Man, it was dark, you know. I had this just squirrely little mustache fit. I thought I wore it well. I mean, I remember getting a perm. They remember, any guys here want to claim that? I got the perm, you know. <laughs> Business in the front, potty in the back, you know. I, <laughs> Sure. So I... I've got this physical thing like, oh, my land, all the, all the changes. But here's the second thing. You go through these old pictures, and you remember what you were going through emotionally. I'm like, oh, man, I remember what I was going through when this picture was taken. You don't forget the changes you go through in life, not just the physical, the emotional changes, the spiritual changes. Life is all about change. So how in the world do you get through the changes? Well, here's what you learn from Daniel. It's all about your core commitment. Your core commitment to God will go with you regardless of circumstances, location, or relationship status. And let me share that again, that your core commitment to God will go with you regardless of circumstances, location, or relationship status. Life's going to change, but not your core commitment. Without that core commitment, we're going to be tossed by the waves of this culture. A few months ago, Marie and I started once a month. We have the, we, the young professionals. They come over to our house, and uh, we've just loved it. They, they bring all the food in, and we just uh, sit around afterwards, and we let them drive what they want to talk about. And we spent a couple times together talking about what are some ways to navigate through life to identify God's will for your life? That's pretty heavy. And so there's definitely some absolutes. One is uh, if you want to know God's will, you never go against God's word. If it's against his word, it's against his will. Uh, seek wise counsel. Don't always go to the person who tells you what you want to hear. Talk to the person who's going to tell you what you need to hear. So we were sharing uh, some of those principles, and at the very end of our time together, I said, does anybody else uh, have anything that they want to add? And it was Claire Phillips. And she said, yeah, I don't know where I heard this. I'm guessing it was her folks. She said, um, the most important decision isn't always trying to find God's will and that decision. The most important decision is that you take God with you wherever you go.
it's the next decision. I'm like, that is good. And that's true. You know, I sadly, over time, I can remember times I'm pleading with God, God, you've got to help me with this decision. Please help me. And then I make the decision. And then guess what? I forget to plead with God. I need to take God with me. Because so many times, God's really not interested in one perfect way, like you got to move there. That's the perfect place to move. Or what he's more interested in is, is, is he with us? Do we still have that core foundation that no matter where we go, he's with us? Because the storms are coming. That I guarantee. And when the waves of this culture beat down against you, do you have that core commitment to God? Let these words from God's word encourage you this morning. Psalms 89, 9. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. Psalms 107, 29. He stilled the storm to a whisper, and the waves of the sea were hushed. James 1, 5 and 6. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the waves of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. You see, we need to understand in a world that's constantly changing, we need to have resilient faith in what will never change. Here's what will never change. Isaiah 40, 40, verse 8, God's word will live eternally. The flowers fade, but not God's word. Psalms 118.9 says that we should not lift up our praises to emperors and princes. And so it's, it's our trust in God. In other words, I'd put it this way. Don't put your faith in kings or emperors or presidents because they come and go, but not the presence of God. He's always there. Hebrews 13, 8, everything around us changes, but Jesus is the same what? Yesterday, today, forever. Forever. That will never change. Just remember this, that our core commitment, our core commitment to God determines your decisions, and your decisions determine your destination. That core commitment means everything. You look at a a person like Daniel, and you think, what's the secret sauce? Here it is. There was this core commitment. I will not back down to the things that will never change. God's presence is with me, and that I will not walk away from. That's my challenge for all of you this morning. So a few years ago, um, and I've been for I've been a Tim Tebow fan. I'm gonna not gonna lie here. I. I loved that guy for a long, long time. Even though the media just did everything they could to bash him. Uh, man, big Tim Tebow fan. Matter of fact, I'm starting a campaign today, eight years from now, Tebow for president. I'm just throwing it down. I'll, I'll even get the bumper stickers. But I was, uh, I was really, uh, with Night to Shine, I, I just wanted to know a little bit more about a timeline with Tim Tebow. And this was interesting. So... Uh, you may remember this. He was a pretty good little college football player. I don't know if some of you remember that. Got the Heisman Trophy. He was something else. He was drafted uh, in the first round. 
and uh, went out to Denver. And from 2010 to 2012, he played with Denver. He played a little bit trying to make the team with New England, with the Jets. He eventually landed with a preseason. He was trying to make the Eagles. He didn't even make the cut. So he really only played about three years, actually, in the NFL. And he really was okay. Phenomenal human being, but he wasn't this phenomenal football player. Now, what's interesting is he knew his career was winding up. That in 2015, when he tried out with the Eagles, they pretty well knew he wasn't going to make that team. But around 2014, he decided to shift gears and apply his energies in, instead of the dream to play NFL football. He decided when he was 15, interesting, like Daniel, when he was 15 years old, and like Heather shared, went on a missions trip, and something in him woke up, and he said, someday, I want to reach people. I want children to feel like they're kings and they're queens. And then he started something in 2014. And some of you were very much part of that called Night to Shine. Now, this is pretty amazing. So when he started his foundation in 2014, the first year, Night to Shine, 44 churches, 26 states, in two countries. That's impressive. And then guess what happened? His dream to play football, that door was completely shut. And Tebow's like, huh, okay. I'm just going to apply all my attention to something else. Well, this year, 2020, 720 churches, all 50 states, 34 countries, 215,000 volunteers, 110,000 special guests. Now, do you think Tim Tebow would rather have a Super Bowl ring or see thousands and thousands of people feel like they're a king or they're a queen because of the relationship with Jesus Christ? I can tell you exactly what he would want. You know, God does that with all of us. Every one of us. You may not think, I'm not Tim Tebow, but... Don't ever doubt what God can do through you, what God can do through all of us if we pull together. See, here's what I thought about Tim Tebow. I think, I think football gave him the door of opportunity. But I think his faith in Jesus Christ kicked down the door. That's what he wants to do with everybody here. He wants you to realize that whatever you're going through right now, whatever tough change you're facing, tough decisions that you're trying to make. You just got to hang in there and have this core foundational belief God is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to leave you. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you that we can put our faith in you, that our core commitment is with you. And Lord, we look around and there are people who have inspired us throughout life and one of the things that inspires us is resilience. And so, Lord, that's what we pray for. We want your resilience. Uh, we want to have our faith uh, just deep, deeply grounded, bedrock because of who you are. Thank you for loving us so much. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Thank you for watching this message from Sherwood Oaks Christian Church. 
Did you know you can view any message from the past six years at socc.org messages? You can also view complete worship services from the past month at socc.tv.